Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 225 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? That was an excellent 225. Thank Just... you. I knew, <laughs> I knew you'd be proud of me. I actually thought about it before we started recording. I'm like, don't mess it up, Francis. <laughs> 225 rolled right off the tongue. It's like a nice. I don't know. It's a nice number. A nice it round. It's a number. nice round number. If we doubled it, it'd be 450. That's right. We'll still be doing this. An episode let's two just say yes. Let's just say yes. Yes, we're going to say yes. <laughs> we're going to say we're going to try. We are talking about rooting for sports and family culture around that and favorite teams and whether we really care at all. Yeah. <laughs> what else is... are we talking about? Oh, spout like spouses who maybe are more into sports than you are, kids who are more or less into it than you are. I don't know, all the things. All the things this time of year in particular, I was, I, I made a note that, oh my gosh, this time of year, it all comes to a head. And then I thought, well, if you're really into hockey and NBA basketball and golf, it would, it's actually like, there's nothing going on this time of year. So right. for those of you who have family members into football and baseball, which is my situation, this is the glorious time of year where the Cubs and the bears are on at the same time, like overlapping. Yeah. So I have this memory of um, being at Brian's apartment in Wrigleyville in Chicago and having the windows open because we were close to Wrigley Field and having the Bears game on TV and hearing the Cubs game out the window. And I was like, well, this is someone's idea of heaven. Probably not <laughs> mine, but like this is. So that's why I thought this time of year would be really fun. Um, football, college football and pro football are both starting like this week. Um, baseball goes into playoffs and, you know, we'll go into October and early November. And it just feels like with the fall comes even kids sports. Like we, it just comes high school football. It just feels like a sporty time of year. And then I say that, and I know that like just as equally spring could be for some, some of you. Well, and let me say this as well. Um, I think it depends like if your kids are the ones who are really in the sports or if you're more of a spectator. Mm -hmm. So spring, 
and and being in Michigan where you feel the seasons mm. the way that we feel them, there is a definite feel of football season. Like it has a like there is like a not a chill in the air yet. We're too early in September yeah. for that. And it's like false fall right now. Right. Fake fall. Yeah. Um, fake fall. But like there is that feeling of like, oh, this is a day that I could put on a jacket and sit on some bleachers someplace or like boots and a sweater. And some even though I'm not a huge sports fan, there is something about that feeling that uh -huh. I love and the idea that on any given, you know, whatever, Friday night at a high school game or Sunday afternoon at a pro game or whatever, I could be sitting on bleachers somewhere, like all snuggled up with a cocoa. So, so there there's a weather really, tie-in for you. There's a weather tie-in. And I will say if your kids are really into baseball around here, that happens in the spring. And there's something about that time of year, like muddy fields and uh -huh. that smell of mud and that feeling of like a little chill in the air that's kind of starting to warm up. That feels to me like baseball season, even though that's not pro baseball season, really. Right. So I think it, it's it can be definitely different. And even though, as everyone's going to find out, no surprise, I'm not hugely into sports culture. I do somehow like I do like the feeling of knowing that other people are like parked on their couch watching the big games somewhere else that I'm not. Well, and we're <laughs> going to get into that a little later, but I think there's something to being kind of a, like a, a fair weather or a tangential sports fan. Like you yep. can decide to like get super into the Olympics for two weeks and then right. it goes away for a whole year. So I don't oh, think yeah. it's, it does. You don't have to be the most diehard football fan and you don't even have to be a sports fan. I think to enjoy this episode, because I think we're going to get into a lot of like, yeah, just how this affects family culture and in positive ways and also maybe some challenging ways. So I think it's going to be fun. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. OK, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. 
All of our place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, our place is also making waves with their wonder oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah. So just, you know, full disclosure, I would say in my family currently, especially now that I'm divorced and the only person who cared about sports is no longer living in my household, (laughs) um, our sports rooting culture is about nil. Um, I'm sure I'll think of some exceptions, but like, what is yours like? Okay. So in my, I'll talk about my current household and then just briefly touch on the one I grew up in. But currently I live in a house that roots hard for most Chicago sports teams. And obviously we live in Southern California. For those of you who know the whole backstory, my husband grew up on the East coast, but he grew up um, with a dad who was born and raised Southside Chicagoan. And he always, my husband grew up visiting Chicago and then eventually chose Northwestern to like dig in on his Chicago roots. So my husband has a strong, like diehard Chicago streak in him. And we lived together in Chicago through college and after. So that's where the Chicago piece comes in. We're big Cubs fans. We are Bears fans. And I say we, I do root for those teams. My enthusiasm compared to my husband's is like on a different planet, but I I totally consider myself fans of those teams. Cubs, Bears, um, don't so much care about the other Chicago teams at the moment, but I'd certainly root for them. We went to Northwestern, so we root for Northwestern in the Big Ten for football. I feel like we lean more pro sports for our, like just for our for our casual fan enjoyment. We lean more pro than college, and I know that's like a big thing because some people could care less about the pros and get really into college football and college basketball. Yeah. Um, and I can get, we're going to talk a lot about this, but I can get swayed into anything. I can get convinced. I can jump on any bandwagon, but I would say like the everyday stuff going on in our house these days is pro. So mostly Cubs okay. and bears. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I grew up in a home where there, we did not watch sports that I recall. I do remember watching the world series, um, a few times in high school. I think I, uh, we always watched the Super Bowl. I remember uh-huh. watching that with my dad. We would usually make a wager. Neither one of us ever had any emotional attachment to any <laughs> of the teams. So we would just pick one and then we would just have yeah. a bet, like a $5 bet. Um, but other than that, and other than the fact that we all at one point or another played baseball or ran track or whatever, we all in, we all engaged in a sport at some point. Like we just weren't a big sports family. Mm-hmm. So it was really um, jarring for me when I met and started hanging out with John's family and then married John that his family seemed, well, first of all, they were very passionate about the Buffalo bills. Um, but they also were the kind of family who would just like, if there was nothing else happening, they would just have any old sport on TV. Okay. You know, like golf or tennis or anything they would just have on a sport. And I remember thinking that was so weird because it was so different from Mm -hmm. anything that I had ever experienced. Um, like you, I liked almost being handed a, a team to get into mm-hmm. like, Hey, we like this team. And I'm like, we do. Okay, right. great. Yeah. Cool. I'm all in. Um, and so I thought that there was a lot of uh, fun in that idea of rooting for something. Mm-hmm. What I wasn't as, as much a fan about was the idea that we're just going to watch every single program game because mm-hmm. it's on. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about a couple of things. First of all, do you feel like you led more, like, did you adapt more to Brian's style? Did he adapt more to yours or was it 
more equal as far as not just the teams that you're into, but like how, how much you're like into how it. we consume them. Yes. So tell us about that. Okay. So one <laughs> of the funniest, I didn't plan to tell this story, but one of the funniest stories about us first starting to date involves this because I grew up in a house that my dad is a general sports fan. He likes sports, but he was never diehard for any one thing. So football would be on. He loves to watch golf, um, but it wasn't, we never arranged our schedule around anything except maybe the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And my dad does not care for baseball. Never got into it. Finds it boring. So I meet and start dating Brian and who is a diehard Cubs fan. And we got together in July in the middle of the summer. And he, I felt like he was always watching a Cubs game, like always. And I said to him one time, like he said, well, I'm going to, you know, we're going to go do this or I got to watch the game at one Oh five or whatever. And I said, what do they play like every day? And he's like, uh, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. how baseball works. And I had no idea. I had no idea because yeah. I'd grown up, if anything, I grew up watching football and some NBA basketball and no idea that baseball happens every day. And I was like, wait, you mean you arrange your day every day right. to watch a three hour baseball game? And so that yeah. was kind of a funny story about how far apart we started out. Um, I would say we've met in the middle a little bit. Um, one thing I think so if he had his druthers, if Brian had his way, he would watch every Bears game start to finish and probably most Cubs games that he could. Now, some Cubs games are on during the day, during the work yeah. day or whatever. But um, he's really he's great. Like he has come a long way in allowing for family time. Like sometimes that is not going to work. And he especially with football, since it's a long season, the games are long. He definitely does not need to watch games other than the bears, which I appreciate because I think there are some football fans on there that really want to watch like every game all day, yes. like Thursday, well, Sunday, yeah. Monday. So, um, he has, Brian has definitely made allowances for family life. And I have, um, I mean, at one point, like I was listening to Cubs games on the radio, like I was that mm -hmm. into it. So I think we've definitely come to, to the middle. Okay. So some funny things popped into my head while you're saying that. First of all, we're going to talk about Fairweather friends later. I was a totally a Fairweather fans. I was totally a Cubs Fairweather fan. And I also listened. In fact, I became the year, you know, was it two or three years ago? 2016. Yes. 2016. The thank you. The fateful year. I became convinced that if I didn't watch a game, they would lose because every time I didn't watch, they started to lose. And then when I started to watch, they would start to win. So I would like, like have the radio on yeah. the car listening. Oh and then the minute we got inside like the restaurant, I'd be looking at updates on my phone or watching clips. So I understand that feeling. Yeah. Even though I had never been against the Cubs, I just yeah. didn't care enough to really follow them. And then I got caught up in all that. Um, so I want to share a funny story. So like the first, you know, five to 10 years of marriage, we really, you know, I think John would catch an MB or an NFL game every now and then. Um, but it wasn't like he would go to the bar sometimes and watch with a friend or whatever, but it wasn't a big thing. And I remember one year him saying like, you know, this year, I think I'm really going to get into NFL football. Like I want to, that's something I've been missing. And I was like, oh, great. Sounds good. Well, what I didn't realize that meant <laughs> was literally he was going to watch, not only watch every game, but also watch the so boring, the three or four dudes talking about the game when it's done. Yeah. The after yeah, yeah. whatever I'm like, post it's game, done. Yeah. <laughs> the post game. Thank you. Like it already, we all know what happened. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it anymore. And so then he would not only watch that, but sometimes if he missed a game, he would like watch the TiVo version of it or whatever. Okay. The recorded version. Uh -huh. So does, does Brian prefer to also do those things? Um, he, I think he can skip the post game commentary because 
Brian is uh he's quite a tech savvy gentleman. He is he consumes a lot of Twitter and a lot of podcasts about sports, which both of those things allow him to nerd out on his own time. So he would never care about post-game analysis on TV, like at all. In fact, he can like mute it as soon as it's done. Um, I don't think he likes to delay a game and then watch it recorded. My dad does that kind of adorably with golf tournaments and like he has to like stay off the internet and stuff, but Brian would just rather watch it live. He'd rather make, make allowances with his schedule to watch it live. And then if not, he'll just miss it. And then, and then he will hardcore nerd out on Twitter. (laughs) So this time of year we've got baseball on, if not every night, then like every other or every third for depending on what team you're following. And what is NFL now? Monday, Thursday, and Sunday? It, Are those will, the it will be. So la- we're recording Wednesday. this on a Friday. Um, it, the Bears and Packers opened the season last night. Bears lost and Packers won. And so from now on, it will be Sunday, Monday, Thursday. College yes. will be, college football will be every Saturday. Saturday. Um, Northwestern also lost their home opener or not home. They're just opening game. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have, yeah, we'll have baseball every night through early November. So you could ostensibly <laughs> be doing nothing but watching sports at night. Yeah, but I um in our actual house, it's really the the football games are background only and we don't we don't have them on the whole time unless it's the Bears. Okay. So it's not quite as much as some people's. But yes, you could. If you're like if yeah. you were in a house like that, yeah, it could be on all the time. Now, do your kids get into it? Yeah, they do. And I think it would be fun to talk about that a little bit. I think that's been one of the positives for us. The kids are the older two kids can really follow both football and baseball and get into it. And Brian's so good about teaching them the stats and kind of nerding out with them and um, showing them the things that they'll actually find interesting. Violet cares a little bit less now um when they were little babies and stuff it was totally fun to you know buy them the onesie of that team and kind of like dress them up on game day and it's always been a positive I think to include the kids I think we've tried to make it and and this is all credit to Brian too he's really tried to make it like if this is going to continue to be an important part of my life like I want the kids to be able to enjoy it so he has definitely had to make some changes in how he consumes the games so that the kids can enjoy it. Um, and another thing I think we were talking about this last night that we've had to like kind of train ourselves is that little kids in, in particular are sensitive when adults are upset. And one thing you realize very quickly is like kids don't see adults like enacting those big, like game day emotions, like the big, the high, high and the low lows. And if they've never seen that, it, it, it's hard for kids to understand that like, this isn't actually that important. <laughs> so right. we've had times where <laughs> We've actually had to like tone it down to help our kids mitigate their own disappointment. Like if we, if it was a big game and it was close and it was coming up to the end, Brian is disappointed, but it's not the end of the world. And so he's had to like, not be not like basically pretend not to care quite as much. Um, because otherwise, you know, we've had, we've had kids in tears because they thought it was so important. And we're like, Oh, right. So, and they think that dad's really upset because you do get caught up. You get caught up in that, the excitement of the moment. And then everyone's yelling. And then when it doesn't go through, there's like that moment of, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then five minutes later, you're fine. You're totally fine. Kids don't know. They just saw dad have a a temper tantrum or like a, they not a temper tantrum, but appear to fall apart emotionally. And if you, and if you (laughs) are a relatively emotionally regulated adult, they may not have ever even seen that for like a real reason, let alone like ball on a field on TV. So that's something we've had to, you know, just be aware of. And the kids are a little bit older now, so they, they kind of get it, but they do they get invested and then they they want 
they want the right outcome for, for you, for the fan. And so right. you have to, it, you do have to kind of be aware that like, it's not it, train them that it's just a game. It's just a game. Now the area that you live in, mm-hmm. um, what is the sports culture like there? So it's kind of all over the place. And I, I know imagine so. yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll speak to this too. So uh, football, you have choices. It would be the chargers, like all, any California football team. Plus people move here from other places. Our street people like to hang their NFL flags out front. We've got Steelers fans on our street. We've got, it seems like Steelers, Bears, Packers. So we're, people come from all over and then locally you would choose the Chargers or maybe the Raiders, may, maybe the Rams. So there's a lot of football. There's a lot of college. So like UCLA, USC football, like any, there's so many, there's so many college, like everyone has their own college allegiances. Um, and then baseball would be Dodgers and angels are both around here. And I would say that one is more of like a, an actual rivalry. Like you get to pick one Dodgers or angels. Um, yeah, how about okay. you? Cause you're, you're also in a, in a crossover area. We are. And, and the thing about this area of, of Michigan is people really aren't from all over. <laughs> people tend to be from Michigan or Chicago. I mean, right. really like we're about two hours from Chicago or some other area of Michigan or the Midwest. Like that's really the, the most people that I meet are either, they're already Midwestern. So, um, college, it is almost all Michigan state or, or Michigan university of Michigan. So Spartans or Wolverines. So mm-hmm. it's green or um, yellow and blue, green and white or yellow and blue. And people are fanatical. Mm-hmm. Like people will have their garages painted in, you know, their team's <laughs> colors or whatever. And they seem very, like they will openly argue about it. Uh-huh. Facebook is just like people <laughs> ripping on each other. And we're actually closer to Notre Dame than either uh-huh. of those schools. But for some reason, like if we live like 30 minutes south of here, um, so Notre Dame is about an hour, not even an hour south of here. If we lived a little closer to the state line, there would be a lot more Notre Dame fans. But Uh for whatever reason, up where we are, it's much more Michigan, Michigan State. Does Notre Dame have a clear rival? Probably like they don't match up like Michigan, Michigan State would. No, and they're not. They're not in the 10. Yeah, they're not in the Big 10 or whatever. And um, and I don't. And I don't, but you know, you would think we'd have more Northwestern people around here right. because there's a lot of Chicago people end up a, here. It's such Whirlpool, a small school Culturally though. though. Yeah. And when you go to, um, but isn't Northwestern in the big 10? It is, no. but it's a it tiny is. baby in the big 10. So okay. like the football program, I mean, it is, it's in the big 10 and it plays all those big schools, but the fan base is just so much smaller. That's true. And then when you go into Chicago, you will find Spartans bars. Like you will find, mm-hmm. you know, bars that cater to fans of Michigan colleges, which I just think is so interesting. Um, and then, so I have friends who are like diehard Michigan fans and I have friends who are diehard state fans and I just choose to opt out of both of those (laughs) because I don't really understand college football. It's just different enough from NFL football that I feel like I'm confused the whole time. I don't know why, like, I just don't really get it. So, um, I, I, I sometimes will go to a friend's house and watch the game and watch them get all excited. And that's fun. Yeah. I just, I don't really care. Um, as far as NFL goes, I feel like it's all over the place because we don't really have a great, like some people are really into the bears. Some people are really into the lions, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the bears and the lions both constantly disappoint everybody. Oh yeah. Um, which is, you know, one of the, the joys of it, right? They're playing on Thanksgiving day this year, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Against each other. Yeah. So, oh, there'll be a lot of talk about that. Yeah. But I would say probably because we're closer to Chicago than Detroit, there's more Bears fans here, but they're almost like reluctant Bears fans. Yeah. It's just a very like, interesting. Like, I mean, because real Bears fans you. are hardcore. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it's pretty mixed. I see people that go for a lot of different NFL teams around here and it doesn't seem to have really any 
geographic. So it's not a Packer, like like the Packers don't come across the lake. No, not really. No. I mean, there's no more Packers fans here than I've seen Colts fans. Colts, yeah, I was going to say. Like, I don't know, even going further away, like Vikings, like, I don't feel like we're more Vikings, Colts or Packers than anything else. I just don't feel like right there's there's always a handful of all of them, Mm -hmm. but there's not it's not like a huge presence that I've been aware of. And then baseball, it's like you're either Cubs, Sox or Tigers or Mm -hmm. else you're some other thing that everyone's confused by. Like, I know a guy who's a big Braves fan. I know some people who are big Yankees fans, like, but that's not like a thing. So and I would say more cubs and tigers than socks. So uh, here's a little fun fact and I'm sure some of you out there may know this, but the in like the 70s and 80s, the Cubs and the Braves and maybe a couple other teams, but we're on uh local networks that broadcast nationally. So there's weird oh. pockets of I know it's the Cubs and the Braves and I don't know if anybody else falls into this, but if your local station in like Idaho might have gotten WGN oh. because of the way the networks were broadcast and the way that the games were broadcast, it could be picked up by these other places. So there will be, so those two teams in particular have fan bases all over the country and, and pretty diehard fan bases. It'll be like a little boy who grew up watching every Atlanta Braves game in Nebraska or something like that because of the TV distribution and Cubs are the same. Now you, you also live by Chicago, so that wouldn't, you know, you don't need that explanation for your Cubs fans, but it is. Well, but I do think it's interesting that we have so many more Cubs fans than White Sox fans. Mm -hmm. We are closer. We're definitely closer to whatever it used to be called Comiskey. And now it's. Mm -hmm. A cellular, cellular, US cellular. <laughs> yes, U.S. cellular field. Yep. It feels so amazing to say that. Um, but we are definitely closer to that than Wrigley. But there's way more Cubs fans around yeah. here that I'm aware of, and more Tigers fans because we're Michigan. Even though we're still closer to the White, like we're still closer to the White Sox. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I do think that there's something somehow it gets fed into families. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Also, oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say there's also a strong South Side of Chicago. Um, White Sox tie mm-hmm. and there's like that pride around like Southside Chicago mm-hmm. but that doesn't translate to tourist town as much so we're kind of like a way way exurb of Chicago like yeah. we're not a suburb or we're not even an exurb but we only live 90 miles away so there's a lot of tourism from Chicago here and I just feel like there's something about that gritty sort of like White Sox feeling that doesn't translate somehow yes and I think in New York it would be similar to Yankees Mets like with Cubs White Sox, White Sox fans are truly White Sox fans because they are from that area or have family who were, whereas it's easy to pick up the Cubs as kind of like a national pastime type of situation. Um, And I think you're right with like the tourism demographic, it would be more common to be a Cubs fan. So let's talk earlier. You mentioned tangential sports interests, and I think this is funny. I want to share a quick story about this. Um, So I don't know about seven or eight years ago, I had a client, um, that worked like for a children's museum. I want to say in Indianapolis <laughs> one day I'm on the phone with her and she's like, Oh, I have two box, um, seats available with our company to see the Manning versus Manning game. Oh my Do gosh. You, would you like to see that? And I like had to hold my, <laughs> my hand over the mouthpiece and said, John, um, are we interested in box seats to the Manning versus Manning game? And he's looking at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, so is that a yes? He said, yes, we, we are interested in going to see that. So the game, as I recall, um, was not very exciting because Eli Manning 
Giants team, which I'm not even sure. It was the Giants. It would have been the Giants. The Giants got creamed, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah the, like, they were bad. It wasn't with even Eli fun to watch. Time. Right. <laughs> it wasn't even fun to watch. I was just like, oh, okay. But it was an experience. Yeah. So, so I, I wanted to mention that because sometimes it can be fun to just jump on somebody else's bandwagon for I, a little while. I totally agree. Off. I totally yeah. agree. And I think there's a lot of ways to do this. I know you mentioned having a fantasy football league one time where no one cared or no one knew how to play. Yeah. Um, and I think we asked our listeners and this came up more than once that fantasy football um, is so easy if you if you've heard of it, but don't know how it works. Like it's just literally an app on your phone. You could potentially participate without ever knowing anything about football and just kind of watch your points match up against somebody else's. And I think that's another kind of low stakes way to get like fake involved without actually picking a team or caring. Yeah. So we do yeah. that as a family. And so, I mean, some of us really do care and others do not, but it's a fun, it's like a, you know, long distance family way to enjoy it together. Yeah. I was on a fantasy football team for maybe, maybe two years in a row, two seasons in a row. And it was like just some family members. I think Isaac was in it and Owen was in it one year. And like I won one year and I'm just laughing because I had no idea what I was right. doing. I kept having to text my nephew Mario and saying like, so what do I do now? Like, yeah. should I drop this? Per I don't know. Do I, should I trade somebody? And he'd have to like kind of coach me. And after a while, I just randomly did whatever and I still won. So yeah. it was fun, though. It kind of made me it. It was I didn't get it at first because I was like, but this isn't a real team, though. Yeah. I'd rather root for a real team rather than this fake team. But it did make me aware of players in a different way yep. and it felt like being part of something. I think I think a lot of people do it for that reason and that it can be a fun bonding thing either with coworkers or, you know, extended family. I think it can also be um, like a hobby that takes up a lot of time. And for some people yes. it does. And I mean, I think Brian's fantasy sports consumption. I know I've said nothing but glowing things about my husband so far and he will listen to this, but if anything, his fantasy sports consumption and time away from the family is probably more minute for minute than actual sports watching. Cause he's super, super oh. into fantasy football and fantasy baseball. And he has multiple leagues in both and they all have drafts and they all have like group they have text parties and uh, stuff <laughs> not drafts. in person oh they totally do no he flew to arizona for one of i his was drafts. gonna say i thought i remember you yes oh yeah, yeah. he flies across These the country multiple <laughs> times a year once for baseball once for football people like put their lives on hold it is a whole thing so you have to talk yeah. about that show the league in case there's any other fans out okay there. so i for a long time i did watch the league sometimes just with john and sometimes also with my brother john and his wife jenna and the show The League is extremely not appropriate for children, but it's about a football fantasy league. And it's this group of guys and a couple women. But I can't remember if the women are like officially part of it or if they're like the guys' wives and they try to kind of horn in on it. Um, but they're in this football, this fantasy football league. And it's really funny and it's super dirty. Um, <laughs> But I really liked it and I liked watching it because it made me feel like I was part of something I really didn't care about or really mm -hmm. wasn't part of. And I think that that was it's kind of like, again, it's like the cheating. You're mm -hmm. kind of cheating, like you're pretending like you're into it. Yeah, but you're not really. But it like your husband feels good because you're kind of in, right. You know, right. Involved you can laugh in this at thing. the jokes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was fun. And I think that, you know, just to go back to my childhood really quick, I don't think my parents like growing up were like, we're going to keep sports from the kids because we don't like sports. It was more that it just kind of they never got into it, but mm -hmm. I do see the benefit. Like it is, you know, we talk about cultural, um, literacy mm -hmm. and like, yeah. and knowing what other people are talking about. And there is something to be said for that. Like there is definitely something to not getting all the way through school and not understanding anything about 
sports right. or anything, right? Mu popular music mm -hmm. or TV or whatever. So I think there's lots of little casual ways you can incorporate it, even if you're not a big sports person. Yeah. And I think being part of your local community is probably one of the easiest. Like we had one listener, um, Jada in our Instagram community say they've moved a lot and she's like, we just kind of adopt the local team wherever we go. And it makes us feel like, you know, this is where we live now. Now we've got a rooting interest. It doesn't mean you like plop down hundreds of dollars for seats and like watch every right. game, but it's kind of a fun, like part of your identity, I guess. Um, and yeah, yeah so I agree. And there really is something I think very fun about going, especially to see a baseball game. Um, yeah, I finally got to go see a Cubs game last year and had a great time. You know, there's nothing win. better than Wrigley. You don't <laughs> need was, to go oh, anywhere else. Yeah, no, it was I, amazing. Yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so one thing that we didn't talk about um, in the first half of the show, but I think is another way to kind of cheat your way into being into sports, but for a limited time, are these things that just come up. Like, you can just get into the World Cup if you want mm -hmm. to. Um, you can just get into the playoffs or the World Series or just get into the Olymp into the Olympics. Like, I feel like there's we are so all or nothing culturally yeah. sometimes about being 
fans of something. We feel mm-hmm. like if we have to be in all the time, yeah. and there's just so many ways to kind of jump in and jump out. And we don't, we consume our media. It's so curated now that like, if I only wanted to consume bears, cubs, Northwestern sports media, I wouldn't even know what was going on. Whereas in the olden days you had the TV on and the TV guide. Right. I have to tell a cute story about my dad because he's still, he's very internet savvy kind of, but he reads the newspaper to get the sports scores every single day. And he'll like open the newspaper and be like, Oh, I wonder what time the such and such plays on today. And like, it's just, I don't know why it just feels like that is the old way. But what I do think is he will often know, he'll know the standings for the Cubs. He'll be following. He is, he keeps a broader eye on all the sports because he reads the sports page and that's kind of the way it used to be. So I totally agree. It's actually fun to get into um, something for just a little while. Like you said, the world cup or we do March madness. That's a really fun one. Cause it's so short. It's like three weeks of caring about basketball. And then you go back to your regular life. It's of not caring anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, although I just have to uh, share a little Mayberry story. So, um, <laughs> it, we, the same station around here that plays the crop prices. Uh-huh. <laughs> also like right after that or right before that gives you like the rundown of all the sports scores. So within like a 15 minute period, you could find out not only the price of potatoes and wheat, <laughs> Is this a radio station or a TV station? It's a radio station. No, it's a radio station. And this guy kind of rattles it off and it's, and, and they'll do the local sports too, like the high school sports Uh and stuff as well. Cause there are people around here who are very into the high school sports. So like, you should talk about that for a minute because your friend is the coach of the local high school team. Like this is a Friday night lights situation. I have no experience with this. Okay. So he was up until last year. Um, so he resigned last year, but he was the head coach. My, one of my best friends, Missy. Her husband was the um, head coach of the local high school football team for like, I don't know, 12 years, a long time. Which is like celebrity status. It was celebrity status, but it came with it like it was a lot of pressure, really. People would, I mean, Missy went to all the games with little children and babies and toddlers, and she would have to sit there and listen to people all around her saying terrible things about her husband and not coaching the kids if they didn't do well. And like, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, guys, it's high school football. Like, come on, get over yourselves. But it is a big deal around here. It, I remember when we first moved here, um, being invited to a birthday party, like Isaac was in third grade and he got an invitation to a birthday party. And the dad emailed and said, so we'll be tailgating um, before the football game. And I was like, what now? <laughs> Tailgating before the high school football game. Like to me, that was, yeah. I just didn't even know what to make of that. I was like, what do you do? You not have anything else to do or yeah. like, but that was really part of the culture was like, you would go to the, the high school football game. You had a high schooler, I think who maybe played on the team. And the party was the kids having like hot dogs and stuff in the parking lot. And then all the families all wow. went and watched the game. And I was like, wow, this is wild. Um, but people talk about it. My Facebook people post about their local teams. I think that's um, kind of all over the place. Charming. I've always but loved places is, yeah. where football, high school football hasn't been quite as big. And the the suburban culture has been so diverse and spread out that it hasn't been like the like a one rallying thing on Friday nights. I went to a few games in high school, but nothing like what it feels like that would be like. It's kind of charming. It is charming. And there's a lot of positives to it. Like I really liked, um, especially back when my friend was coaching, like we would go to the games and it was not just because we were interested in the team because we live here, but also because it's like his team, their, their team together. And so that was exciting. And we would see everybody Mm -hmm. like the kids would all see their friends at the the game. And I would see a bunch of parents and sometimes that was great and sometimes not, but (laughs) you know, like depending on what kind of mood I was in, but it was, it's just a thing here. It's just a thing. And I think the smaller the town, the more important the 
the youth sports are. Right. Um, and that's that's just the fact of life. And it is very Friday Night Lights. And there are definitely it's got a good, clean, fun feeling about it, except for when it except doesn't. for when it yeah. doesn't. And when it is taken way too seriously yeah. and people are mean to kids and and, right. and coaches about right. it. And then it's like, ugh. yeah. So. Um, so that's not a thing for you though. So like, you know, like my neighbor across the street, um, their son plays for the high school football team and they go to every game. It's not that it's not a thing. I think there's just so many different things to do. And I don't mean that like your, like your town doesn't have things to do. I don't mean it that way at all, but like, we don't, but (laughs) we don't (laughs) like there's so many different sports. There's very, very large high schools and very, they serve a very, very large suburban sprawling community. So it's not like everybody would go to the game. It's the people who have kids and the people who are into it would. And that's kind of how I grew up too. We did have a high school football team and I did go to a couple games, but it didn't feel like a thing. Everybody did. It just felt like a thing. Some people did. Yeah. So you mentioned that we got a bunch of comments on Instagram because you put up a story asking yeah. people to kind of weigh in with like positive stories, maybe not so positive, but let's start with the positive ones. I know you'll have things to say about this yeah. um, because we've talked about the things that can be kind of annoying yeah, um, and overblown, but like there are good things about the dynamics that are created in being a sports fan. So what do you have to say about that, Sarah? Yeah. So um, I, first of all, I was really touched by some of the Instagram comments that came in as something I had not thought of, but totally applies to my family is that having a rooting interest in a sports team can really connect generations and mm. family members who are spread out and not seeing each other every week. So whether that's like a text chain where everybody's doing football emojis and bear emojis and just like, Oh my gosh, did you see that? It's the little things. It's a, it's a cultural identity and a family identity thing that I think we don't have in a lot of other parts of life. And I hadn't thought about that. And four or five, six people talked about the grandparents or the nephews and like a way to bond about something when our lives are so spread out and so potentially different in our interests that it's like a common thread. And I thought that was really sweet. And that is true for my family, I guess with my in-law side and my side, there's a bunch of different sports rooting. It's not all one, like we're not all about one thing, but, um, even my sister married a huge, huge Kansas city, well, Kansas city chiefs for football, but then university of Kansas Jayhawks, which is like college basketball, crazy, like crazy town. And like, he came into the family relatively later. We already had our, and we're like, sure, we'll jump on that bandwagon. Like we're Kansas fans now. So I think connecting family far away and connecting generations is a really cool um, aspect of it. And I can just think back to like, my kids in their Cubs gear, FaceTiming with Brian's dad, who was a Sox fan. There was the rivalry. And it's just like, it's part of our family, part of our family um, fabric in a way. And it lives on. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a quick story to share about when I, when the Cubs got into the playoffs. So back in 2016, I happened to have, um, I was with my friend Lars, Mm -hmm. whose grandpa had season tickets and always would take them. And my friend Jeff, who Mm -hmm. grew up in Chicago and also would go see a bunch of Cubs games with his um, grandma and grandpa and had like that relationship with mm-hmm. them. And the two of them cried. Yeah. I mean, I remember standing there being like, what is going yeah. on? They're crying. This is very excited, but like, this yeah. is a big deal for them. Like yeah. a really big deal in a way that I think if you didn't grow up with that, you kind of can't understand yeah. really. Yeah. So it's, it is, it is cool. And, and like, meaningful. sometimes you even, you see a score somewhere and you think of the person, you know, who's a diehard fan, you know, that happens yeah. to me with like, it'll be like Ohio state or something like I could not care less about, but I always think of that one person who I know will be either super disappointed or 
super stoked. So it is a connector. The other big one that I was going to say is when you watch sports with your young kids, I think there's a lot of opportunities for like good dialogue around behavior and character and sportsmanship. And it doesn't have to be like an after school special or like one big conversation, but we definitely take the time to point out like, oh my gosh, that guy is so disappointed. Like he probably feels really bad about himself right now for dropping that play and look his teammate is is telling him it's okay and like watch they're shaking hands after the game and like there's so many moments in sports where there are opportunities to talk about those character traits the flip side of that is I think that there's a lot of not so great stuff built into the Mm. history of sports um you were talking about some of the darker side of Friday Night Lights culture and like I do think um you got to find ways to point out you know, like strong women in sports and there, there's some things built into in particular, like the big three baseball, football, basketball that I'm not so comfortable with, but that's also an opportunity for discussion. Like Violet's always like, can girls play on that team? No. Okay. Well, why? And like, well, why isn't there girls football? Well, there is, but nobody watches it. Well, why? You know? So like, there's just, it's, you, you can't miss these opportunities for discussions about all kinds of different things. So I I mostly see that as a positive. I think there's, um, there's, if you consumed nothing but mainstream sports culture, I think there, there's some concerns that for me, there would be some concerns in that culture too. But I think if you're consuming it mindfully, then there's lots of opportunities to talk about it. That I totally agree. I also think, um, and I was going to say something about the world cup. I, I thought it was actually encouraging how many people from very different kinds of sports backgrounds, mm-hmm. including like my brother who not only does not give a flip about sports, <laughs> but truly women's sports could care less. Right. You know, and he, but his daughters both play soccer. And so they were at, they were going out to see the games. Like they were at, you know, unfortunately BW3 cause it's awful here. But <laughs> yeah. like, it is it's the there. worst restaurant. Have we talked about this? It is no, terrible. God, it's just the worst. <laughs> we're never going to get them as a sponsor, but no. that's okay. I wouldn't be able to talk about it. I really wouldn't. Like every time I go there, I'm like, why am I here? And the one we have in town is especially awful. I've um, never been to one that wasn't terrible. And I always think it's going to be better the next time. And it never is. And I'll go in. I don't really like wings that much. So I'm always like, well, there'll be something else on the menu. And then I look at the menu. I'm like, no, that's everything else is just gross. It's just I'm, we're probably going to get some diehard BW3 fans. Can I tell you something really quick about that? Yeah. So my ex-husband's family is from Buffalo. His mom's family mm-hmm. is from Buffalo. And so it used to now they call it B-dubs, but it used to be to BW3. And I was like, well, what's the third W that doesn't make sense? It used to be Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck because they have these beef on Weck sandwiches. I think you told me this. That's the only reason I know this is you told me this one time. So there's these sandwiches that are like a roast beef sandwich. I think they have horseradish. Someone who's listening who's from that area maybe will have to school me about this. They have like horseradish on them. And then they have these um, buns that have a a caraway seed, I believe, on the bun. They are delicious. Like a French dip kind of? Kind of like a French dip, but I don't remember there being au jus. And I don't think French dip sandwiches always have horseradish. These do, I believe. I'll need to look this up to make sure I'm getting this right because I might be getting it wrong. But I do remember like the first time I went to Buffalo eating uh, beef on whack everywhere I went. Okay. And it was like I fell in love with it. And that's when I decided I love roast beef sandwiches. Before that, I did not. Um, But at some point after BW3 went national, they dropped the beef on wax sandwiches off their menu. Oh, okay. I don't think, I don't think it translated nationally. Yeah. Um, the same way. So now they're just 
B-dubs. Yeah. I mean, I, Brian used to call it BW3 and I, I just thought it was like the nickname for Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, but I just Which, find yeah. it disappointing. And it I always, I always think it's going to be great game day, like greasy, but yummy food. And it just isn't. Why, <laughs> why have we spent 10 minutes greasy. talking about that? It's okay. I don't mind because we both had a lot to get off our chests about BW3, <laughs> I guess. Um, anyway, so back to the point that I was, I thought it was fun to see people get behind this team of these butt kicking women. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. ju- and like, and I think that there's so many opportunities. If you just look around, even if you don't consider yourself like a big sports fan, you probably have like a minor league baseball team in uh-huh. your town and they will have a very cheap night where you can pay like five or 10 bucks to get in and get a hot dog for a dollar. Like, yes. And those are really, and they're very family friendly. And mm-hmm. that could be a really fun way to spend an evening, even if you really don't care. Yeah. I'm not out like a bunch of money. <laughs> I know? totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Um, tennis is another one. I was just thinking about the strong women. There's been some yeah. great stories lately about women's tennis and we're just coming off of the u.s open um tennis is one i kind of forget about but every time there's a great tennis match on men or women um i love to watch it and that's another one that i feel like the the stories and the character values on the men's and the women's side like just feels a little bit more equal or egalitarian at least in the media coverage maybe and so um that's that's another one and we also got into the women's world cup a little bit at the end i shouldn't say we got into it that doesn't give it enough credit but it was really i agree really fun to see it was fun and exciting to watch and we always get into the olympics which i think is also like i mean it's something finite that you can get really excited about and then it's over and you go back to your life (laughs) you know so did you want to share some of the um, Instagram? Well, yeah, I've, I've mentioned a couple about bringing families together. I mm-hmm. also want I want to make sure we take time to get into some of what our listeners said were challenging about having oh, right. sports yes. fan family. So I, if you're ready, we can oh, go yeah, on move there. On. Yep. Um, I mean, I've hinted at this, but if you if you're in a marriage where one person cares more than the other and wants to spend significant time consuming sports. It can be anything from a minor annoyance to like a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, we had somebody say that a listener say she just almost gets anxiety at the beginning of football season because she knows it's long stretches of time with the kids while her husband's off at a sports bar watching with buddies. And then we had, we had, that's kind of one extreme. We had, um, a cute comment of someone who's worked it out. Her husband likes to go over, I think to a brother's house or somewhere else to watch the game and they have two kids. And so their agreement is as long as he takes one of the two kids, he can go, which I thought was like such a great, like you come up with your workarounds, you come up with your genius. Yeah. So I thought that was cute. Um, and I think in my, I can only speak for my own marriage. And I talked about it at the beginning. It's like a constant, um, checking in of like, how important really is this to you? And if it's truly important, then I would, as your partner, I would love to give you that time. But what I don't want, and I think what Brian would admit is sometimes like where he gets into muddy waters is he wants to be everything to everyone. So for example, this is a great example of Brian because it's a cute story. He loves to cook football food and bring people together and have people watch the game. So he will like invite some neighbors over or invite some friends over and cook a whole bunch of food. And then he forgets that like, our kids don't want to sit and watch a game for four hours. So like somebody's going to have to entertain the kids. And so it took us years to like, be like, okay, I see the romance in your eyes about this idea of cooking a bunch of food and having people over to watch. But like, if you truly (laughs) want to watch it, 
let's not do that thing because now I have a house full of people and kids who want to be played with. And you really, all you wanted to do was watch the game. Like, so we've definitely, it's been conversation. So I have said to him sometimes, if this is when you really want to watch, why don't I just take them somewhere and you can really watch it, but don't try to promise. Don't try to be a, make it like for for everybody. Yes, exactly. Like we'll include the kids and it'll be fun. I was like, well, that works for like 10 minutes, but then they don't care. Well, let's just be honest here. I mean, dads in general, typically, and I know there's always an exception, mm-hmm. have an easier time at tuning out life than moms. And when I say tune out life, I mean mm-hmm. like, like tune out what the kids are doing, tune out the responsibilities, tune out the obligations, all that. And sports give them almost like an endless uh, way, a uh, uh, place to go mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to escape to, to do that. And there's almost like an excuse built in around it because it feels more finite than it really is. Like, and if it's you're in very the middle, socially acceptable. And like, it's very socially acceptable. And even it might be like, well, it's just this one sport. I'm only into the, I'm only into NFL, but that lasts what, four months. Yeah. That's like a third of the year. And there's so, a whole lot of hours each week yeah, in there. Yes. So I just think in general, it's one of those things. It, I know it sounds so stereotypical to say like, this is how it is to be like in a family where the, the dad is really into sports, but I just think it, it's just one more way that that can play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And, and sometimes I don't think they even know it's happening. It can become almost like passive or just like, what? Like well, you have to almost be shown that it's it, happening. Exactly. And I think that's where, um, if we're, we're just playing right into stereotypes here, so we might as well lean into it. But if you're the one whose partner is heading off to watch games for hours and you haven't kind of identified what's bothering you about that in yourself and said something, then that's also kind of on us, right? Like, right, yes. I think there's a lot of enabling that can happen because we're mixed up in this. Well, like it's, it's what he loves. It's, it's his favorite clean, team. Fun, and, yeah. and technically he's home, you right. know, or like he, he's around, I guess, but not really engaged, but it, you know, right. I mean, it's yeah. Or like, or like you were saying, like this whole idea, this ideal that the kids are going to be involved, even mm-hmm. though, you know, as the mom <laughs> that they're not, and you're going to have to pick up the slack for right. that. In some way, I think it's easy if you're the one who's the sports fan to convince yourself that like everyone's super into it. Right, right. And this is a family affair. And yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to throw out a fun comment we got that's marriage related, but on the opposite side. And it came from Car- Katie. And she said that she and her husband have a rivalry, like I think it's Cubs cards, actually Cubs Cardinals baseball rivalry in their marriage. And it's been one of the most fun and like funny and great parts of their marriage is to be rooting Aww. for opposite teams. And I do know some, I know several marriages where the wife is equally as into her team, whether it's football or baseball, yeah. um, or they really root together or as a family. So yeah, I think, I think that can all be a positive, but like any, the whole like time suck of football is like any other thing in a marriage. Like if you don't set some ground rules and talk yes. about it. That's why I loved the one about like, yeah, we just figured it out. As long as he takes 50% of the yep. kids with him, he can go. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. I think it just needs to be acknowledged that it's a hobby and a time consuming hobby. Right. It's not a passive thing that just happens when you are doing other things. It's yeah. not, even if you feel like you're engaged with the family and uh, you're probably not as much as you that's think you so are. So, yeah, that's so true. That's so true to the general you. Yeah. It's owning, it's owning it as um, a priority. And I think sometimes good dads get sheepish about like, well, I, at least the good dad who lives in my house, it's like, I'd almost don't want to admit that it's such a priority and I'd rather see them admit it and claim that time and then come back to us when you're done. Like don't yeah. have it be stretched out forever. Um, can I tell you something else that bothers me? And this is not about my husband is sure. I get, my ears get tired of having, 
playing sports on in the background mm-hmm. um, for long periods of time. And I think part of it is PTSD of whiny crying babies because the whistles oh. and the the cheers, this will still happen. Even though my kids go to bed and they sleep all night, we'll be, we'll have a baseball game on after the kids are in bed and I'll be reading or working. And I'll say, can you just mute it just for a few minutes? Because every time someone in the crowd yells, I think it's one of my kids upstairs and I get that oh. like mom response like that mom like (laughs) jump up and run up the stairs and so I do it's I think it's a sensory thing with me I can root for teams if I'm watching the game I can get totally into it but I have a hard time with constant television sports background noise so now I have a really hard time with constant television sports background noise too for a different reason okay Um, but the same reason I can't watch political commentary Mm -hmm. there's something about (laughs) the droning voices of people commenting that gets under my skin and drives me nuts. So what will happen is I'll be, if I'm really into the game and excited about the game, I almost don't notice. But if I'm like on my computer in the other room or doing the dishes or something, and all I hear is like the time filling that they have to do. And all I'll hear is the, how dumb it is. And then I start to fixate on like, why do they keep saying the same thing over and over? That guy's voice is so annoying or you know, why does he keep saying that? And some are better than others. Um, But I would almost start to identify the the commentators I could not handle being around and would like I couldn't be around when they were if I wasn't into the game I had to like put in earbuds or leave the room or something that's so funny I totally know what you mean because it is such bad it's such bad running commentary a lot of the time but it doesn't um get under my skin the way the it's the whistling and the The whistling the the crowd din that I just am like oh my gosh shut it off shut it off shut it off that's really I often wonder you know I've for whatever reason um, so far, none of the people I've dated have been sports fans at all. Mm. I don't know if I'm mentally weeding people out. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of tells. And, um, I, I think that I've some, I've somehow gravitated away from people who put things like go blue in their dating profile or whatever. But I wonder what I would do if I happened to just like meet the perfect person who was really into a team. Like, would that be a deal breaker for me? Or would I just get into the team too? I really don't know. I bet you would get into the team in your own Megan way, which is like, you know, you're not going to probably like become a true diehard. And then you would also find ways to use that time that he was occupied for other to things. To do my own Because you're like, you know, you're not it's 25 now. anymore. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. That is a funny yeah. thing to think yeah. about. Yeah. And like, <laughs> if I think back, like I, I, like I said, I think I grew up in a moderately sports interested household, but certainly not a, like a, a extreme one. And if I could have like just as easily married, like some like not sports interested person. And I would have no idea what any of this was about, but instead I went the other, the more diehard direction and living in Chicago. Like when you live in a place like that, you just sort of absorb it. I think a lot of the time. Well, and we're adaptable people, right? And we tend to take on the things that are important to the people that are important to us. And so it shows how I guess flexible we can really be. And I, and I think that I think that when it's the other on the other side and it's the dad or maybe not the dad, but the partner who's more into sports, I think that if we just, if the other, if the non as sporty partner is clear, then, you know, and, and is clear and says, this is what I need. They might be surprised by. Yeah. And then I think it like, you can then let go and kind of enjoy it a little bit. I think I have, I have cherry picked the most fun parts of sports fandom for me. And that's why it feels most of the time just feels fun. And, you know, I'm like nowhere near the degree that Brian is, but I've just like, 
I've figured out where, where my enjoyment lies. Oh, I wanted to yeah. tell one more fun thing and I know we sure. have to wrap up. Um, we are taking the kids to Chicago in a couple of weeks and we're going, we're actually not even going to the city. We're just going to Evanston and we are taking all three kids to a Northwestern football game, um, which they have never been. And I have not been to a football game, maybe one homecoming since graduating, but, um, being in like a college football stadium on a game day on a September Saturday is just like a really, really fun place to be. And we'll probably only do this with the kids once. Like we're not, we're not big enough fans to make that trek more than once. So I'm super, super excited. I'm hoping for really good weather and I don't care so much about the game, but something about that live college football atmosphere. You're going to get to wear a warm sweater. I mean, if you're going to have, if you have a day that's like below 60 degrees at any point, you can wear a sweater. Oh Yeah. And, and like, like a hat and a hat. I know yes. it's, I, I think it still might be a little, it'll still be September. So, it, and it'll be a day game probably. So it might yeah, be so warm, could but there way. could be leaves crunching on the ground. Mm, no, yeah, not as many as you might think. <laughs> okay. Well, it will still be fun. There will be a fight song and a marching band and my it kids will fall. It will feel fallish, even though it's not quite there yet because it's football. Exactly. Yep, and my exactly. kids will be decked out in wildcat purple and we'll be like super fans for a day. And then we'll go back oh, to just, so fun. yeah. I love it. Okay, Sarah, before we wrap up, let's do our cue it up segment. It's been really fun sharing some of our fellow podcasters work with you all over the last couple of months. This is such a supportive community and we really do love helping connect listeners with other podcasts to listen to when, you know, you get tired of our voices. Never, never. When you reach the end of the, of the archives. We're done with you. Yeah, this has been really fun. And today we're spotlighting a show you've heard us talk about before. It's Selfie, a podcast about self-care from our friend Kristen Howerton of Rage Against the Minivan. We got to work with Kristen and her co-host Sarah James behind the scenes getting Selfie set up back in 2017, and they are now approaching their 100th episode. Kristen actually rotates between a couple of different co-hosts now, and my favorite thing about this show is just how honest they are about the mental health and physical health challenges that come with, um, I'm going to say like our age group, Megan. What is that supposed to I mean, think, like, Sarah? Late 30s to, <laughs> to mid- like sometime in the 40s. In the mid yeah. 40s. No, it's yeah. like it really is helpful to me, honestly. I agree. I love it. And and Kristen has a background in family therapy herself and has great guests come on to talk about sexuality, mental health, beauty, all kinds of stuff that, you know, we might need to hear about. So, so you can find selfie with Kristen Howerton, wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of our show to hear a little more about it in the host's own words. Well, this was really fun. We had a lot to it say. It was. Rah, rah. Shish kumba. <laughs> Go team. Go um, team. Hey, I was a cheerleader in high school, so I could run us through some cheers if you want. Please do. I was not a very good cheerleader. I was going to say there will literally be nothing in the show notes. I can't think of anything that we would link up I'm about this think episode. think of like, um, oh, D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Defense, what we'd like to see. <laughs> there you go. Because, you know, the cheerleaders have to make their voices very low now. No. Why do they yes. have to do that? I don't remember why. But we were told to yell like this and not to be like this. Oh my gosh. I Because I think your voice that. carries further and that's how competitive cheerleaders do it. They have very okay. like they really they project with their voices on their diaphragms. So I, I just no remember idea. that being drilled into our heads like you're you're shrieking like girls, stop it. And like we had to like you're use like, our lower register. I am a girl. Like tiny I know. little Megan out there. <laughs> um, okay, well this uh, was really fun. And it was uh, fun. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And together we host the podcast Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. You can find us by searching for Selfie Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and also online at SelfiePodcast.com. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.